Hello, and welcome to this FRDH, First Rough Draft of History podcast. I'm Michael Goldfarb. Israel and Hamas have been fighting again. It has become a sick ritual of the 21st century. There's nothing for me to add about the specifics of the latest episode, but this midrash, which I began writing two or three Israel-Hamas conflicts ago. Midrash means teaching. It's a Jewish form of biblical exegesis in which a Torah verse is explained in a parable or other narrative. A midrash usually involves the story of a Jewish sage having a dispute, of course, with a fellow Jewish sage. The deeper understanding of the biblical verse through Midrash is meant to provide some guide to understanding the world we live in now. Whenever Israel fights with the Palestinians, there's an element of the biblical to it. After all, the ancient Israelites were constantly in conflict with their neighbors, particularly those who lived in Gaza. But to understand the conflict as an extension of religious history is nonsense. Despite increasing religiosity amongst Israelis and Palestinians, both societies are modern, and despite Hamas ruling Gaza, influenced by ideas from well outside the book, of which we are all children. So here is a secular midrash not taken from the Bible, to teach us about the current fighting. No parable or argument, just exegesis. This Midrash is about mercy and the responsibility those in power have to dispense it. It is derived from the most controversial of Shakespeare's plays, The Merchant of Venice. Shakespeare was an anti-Semite. How could he not be? Englishmen in the Elizabethan era thought worse of Jews than whites in Mississippi thought of their black neighbors in the Jim Crow era. But unlike in Mississippi, it was not a hatred born of proximity. The Jews had been expelled from England 300 years before Shakespeare was born. When he invented the character of Shylock, he was working from the worst caricatured prejudices about them to be clear about what the playwright was offering his audience. The play, as published in the first quarto of 1600, is partially subtitled with the extreme cruelty of Shylock the Jew towards the said merchant in cutting a full pound of his flesh. When performed properly, the play is uncomfortable to watch, for Jews and non-Jews alike, in 1788, in Enlightenment Berlin, a production of The Merchant included a prologue, not written by Shakespeare, spoken by the actor playing Shylock. He came on stage to apologize to the audience in advance for some of the scenes he would have to enact. He then invoked the name of Berlin's best-known Jewish resident, wise Moses Mendelssohn, as a more truthful representative of what Jews were really like. Of course, Shakespeare was also a God-touched genius, and when he created Shylock, underneath the caricature, he gave him deep humanity and created a character whose blind hatred of Christians is very much the product of the hatred Christians have always shown him. Great actors have always been drawn to the part because of this complexity. It is unfortunate that the word Shylock has become such a pejorative term. He is the most tragic of Jewish literary characters. Michael Radford's excellent and underappreciated film of 2004 with Al Pacino as Shylock enhances Shakespeare's empathetic writing. Radford frames the story with some invented business. 
Shylock is seen milling about in a throng of petitioners on the stairs of the Rialto Bridge in Venice. Below, on the Grand Canal, a priest standing in a gondola inveighs against Jews and their practice of usury. A small riot breaks out. Antonio, played by Jeremy Irons, walks by Shylock. Pacino, Shylock, calls to him by name. Clearly they know each other, have done business in the past. Irons, Antonio, turns towards Shylock, eyes him up, and spits in his face. It is a powerful depiction of the daily hatred that Shylock lives with, and that has corroded not just his character, but his soul. When Pacino speaks the lines in Act One, Scene Three, reminding Antonio, he spat upon my Jewish gabardine, and you that did void your room upon my beard, the audience has a visceral memory of how crude and demeaning being spat on is. Scene by scene, intentionally or not, Shakespeare leads his audience towards an empathic understanding of Shylock and all Jews. They are men, not devils. They bleed and laugh, and also feel the most primal passion. And if you wrong us, shall we not revenge? If we are like you in the rest, we will remember you in that. The play builds to the judgment scene. Shylock demands justice. There is a contract. It is valid. Antonio has forfeited his loan. Let judgment be given in my favor, and let me take the pound of flesh I am owed, as nominated in the contract. Shylock has offered double the monetary value of his loan to Antonio if he drops his demand for a pound of the merchant's flesh. The moneylender insists on the lawful fulfillment of the contract. The Duke of Venice asks him, how can you hope for mercy, rendering none? This introduces the idea of mercy as being something on a higher plane than the law, more divine than human. Shylock responds with a blunt analogy. You have slaves, he reminds the assembly, human beings, yet you treat them no better than dogs and donkeys. Don't presume to speak to me of mercy. Then Portia arrives, disguised as the young judge Balthazar, and speaks the most psalm-like speech in Shakespeare. The words, blessing, mercy, might, God, salvation, justice, and the imagery of water, all could have come from the psalmist himself. The quality of mercy is not strained. It droppeth as the gentle rain from heaven upon the place beneath. It is twice blessed. Each phrase is a calling to aspire to the highest levels of human behavior and an entreaty to use power with wisdom. Mercy is mightiest in the mightiest. It sits above temporal power. It is an attribute to God himself. Finally, we pray for mercy, and that same prayer doth teach us all to render the deeds of mercy. But Shylock is unmoved. He's too weighed down by hatred. This is a tragic flaw, and it leads to hubris and personal destruction. And this is the Midrash of Shylock. In the forever conflict with Hamas, the burden is on Israel, more mighty than the mightiest, to put aside its hatred, to overlook the wrongs that have been done, and show mercy. How hard this is for Israelis. How hard it is for Palestinians and their supporters to extend the same merciful understanding to Israelis. 
Israeli society is the product of several millennia of displacement, injustice, and genocidal hatred. The personal effect of this history is incomprehensible to anyone who wasn't born Jewish. But clearly, this history has eroded Israeli society's ability to show mercy, and so it continues to mete out what it considers a just response to Hamas and its persistent rocket attacks. The fear is that when world opinion changes, and it will, Jewish history teaches us that will happen, then the fate of Shylock might ultimately come to Israel, cast out, friendless, with no one to show mercy when Israel has the greatest need of it. And that's all for this FRDH podcast. You can hear more, lots more at the website, www.goldfarbpod.com. Please visit, and while you're there, make a donation to keep the podcasts coming. Thanks.